It's a new year. Uh, it's a great opportunity. We've had people actually learn that they have some pretty serious health concerns through our blood pressure check ministry next Sunday. Also next Sunday, Joyce Trummel begins uh, what will probably be an eight-week grief class. And just reading Facebook, just listening to some of you, uh, I know that um, 2016 was a tough year for some of us. We lost family, we lost friends, and it was very, very difficult. Um, anyone is welcome to be a part of this class. It is going to be meeting in the old Lord Led Ladies classroom at 9.30 on Sunday mornings. And if you would like more information about the grief class, please contact myself or the church office this week. We would love to get you plugged in. Also on January 8th, Sunday the 8th, this is not a church event, but it is a community event. There is a thank you reception and open house at the American Legion from 2.30 to 4.30 that afternoon. Senator Chapin Rose and Representative Bill Mitchell are going to be there. And we're inviting people to come out and say thank you for their incredible work on doing everything that they could to keep Exelon open. That's next Sunday, 2.30 to 4.30. And then just a couple personal announcements. we got Jim and Terry Rich with us today. They celebrated 45 years of marriage earlier this month and had a surprise party yesterday. So welcome them. Give them a hand. And then Thursday and Friday of this last week was bittersweet for me. It was the final days in the office officially for Karen Rice as our longtime office manager. So Karen, will you stand up? Come on, stand up. Give her a hand. Appreciate Karen so much, all that she has done for our church. And she's not going to stop being at church. She's not going to stop serving. She's just not going to have to come in and deal with people like me day in, day out. Hallelujah. That's right. That's exactly right. Amen. Amen. All right, let's just go to the pulpit, Mike. I can't do that. I'm there. Okay. Um, 2 Corinthians 5.17. Cody shared it in his uh, communion meditation. If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. And that's a great New Year verse. It reminds us uh, the blessing of new. It reminds us the blessing of turning over a leaf. Um, I have to confess I'm a little depressed this morning. I'm depressed because one of the first things I did after walking my dog and drinking my cup of coffee is I stepped on the scale. And I really wish I wouldn't have stepped on the scale. It just ruined my day. But, but being January 1st, it's given me a great object lesson of some changes I need to make. I need to eat healthier. I need to exercise regularly. I need to make that a part of my daily routine. And so what I want to do this morning is I want to look back at 2016, give you what I consider some highlights of what took place. But for most of the morning, I want to look at 2017. I want to let you know what we're going to do in terms of Sunday morning messages. Hopefully, hopefully I'll be whetting your appetite. But I want to leave you today with five challenges. And if you are an every Sunday attender, this is for you. If you're here hit and miss, this is for you. If you're a visitor and you go to another church, this is for you. Five challenges that I think can connect with everyone this morning. So let's start by looking back to 2016. We started the year by doing an eight-week sermon series on current issues in the world. Biblical answers to current issues. And we tackled subjects like 
politics and abortion and immigration and how do we minister to the poor. We talked about sports. We talked about marriage. We talked about education, and we looked at social media. And then following that, we went into our Easter series. We used Max Lucado's book entitled Cries from the Cross, and we called the sermon series Cross Words. Jesus, according to the four different gospel writers, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, cried out seven different words or phrases on the cross, and we spent time looking at all of them. What were they? He said, I am thirsty. He said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. He said to the thief on the cross, today you'll be with me in paradise. He said to John and to his mother, here is your mother, here is your son. He said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And then finally he said, it is finished. Following that, we jumped into the month of May and a, a focus on prayer. And we studied the excellent book by Greg Pruitt from Pioneer Bible Translators entitled Extreme Prayer. And just as a reminder for you this morning, we've got that active acronym that helps us understand what extreme prayer should look like. You can practice this every day. You can practice this every week. You, you can take your prayer life to a whole new level by taking time for adoration and confession and thanksgiving and intercession and vanquishing Satan. And then really stretching yourself with extreme prayer. Spent time this summer in the book of Acts. And I don't have time to share everything, but just some of the themes that were, were, were touched on as we looked at the first 14 chapters of the book of Acts. The boldness of the first disciples. How generous they were. The, the, the ministry impact, how the gospel started to spread. started in Jerusalem, but it didn't stay in Jerusalem. It started to leak out to Judea and Samaria, and people like Philip come on the scene. We saw a radical conversion. Saul, the persecutor of Christians, becomes the greatest missionary the world has ever seen, the Apostle Paul. We see the gospel being expanded, and we see missionary journey number one. Following that, we joined with 20 other churches in central Illinois, and we spent five weeks looking at a, a book series entitled Finding Your Way Back to God. It's a book that was written by two brothers who are preachers in northern Illinois, the Chicago area, the Ferguson brothers. And we looked at the, the, the parable of the prodigal son and how in this short parable in Luke chapter 15, we see five different awakenings in his life, awakening to longing and to regret and to help and to love and to life. And then finally, we, we concluded our time with a Christmas series. We looked at the quotes of Christmas and what were some of those quotes of Christmas. Do not be afraid was one of the quotes of Christmas. Nothing is impossible with God. Jesus came full of grace and truth. Jesus will save his people from their sins. And then last week, we looked at this idea of Emmanuel, God with us. What were some of the other highlights in 2016? Well, 2016 will be known as a huge year in the history of this church because of next steps. Because of that crazy, radical, unexpected, two-plus million dollar gift that allowed our church to be able to do almost all of phases two and three debt-free. And we still have some more work to do. I think they're actually starting tomorrow with uh, what's taking place in the foyer. But what a blessing, the estate of Kenneth Smith, someone I never met, um, someone that most of us never met. 
and blessed our church and other churches and hospitals in a crazy kind of way. 2016 will be known as a year of transition for our staff. We, we have lost or are losing three long-time difference-making servants of Jesus Christ. Well, Kent Hickerson retired in August, and we celebrated uh, just 33 years of incredible ministry on Sunday, August 7th. And we're going to invite you to come out on Sunday, January 15, two weeks from today at 9.30. And we're going to celebrate Karen Rice and Adam Brooker. Adam is about to transition to a new ministry in the Cincinnati, Ohio area. And we're going to celebrate those two on Sunday, January 15. During this sermon a year ago, I threw out the vision of trying to raise $25,000 for the Kuki Christian Church mission in Northeast India. And I said I wanted to go on a bike ride across Iowa, ride 500 miles, and um, God answered that prayer in ways I didn't expect. Our mission team got really excited about it, and uh, due to their incredible generosity as a result of the estate of Kenneth Smith, we were able to actually give $50,000 to the Kuki Christian Church mission late summer, early fall. And uh, just a word of thanks to Nate Bostic, J.D. Harold, Karen Rice, and the whole mission team for partnering um, in that way. Just an incredible, incredible blessing. And then one final thing I want to throw in there. Um, I want to tell you, I love our staff. I think we have an incredible staff. And I hope you love our staff, and I hope you appreciate our staff. And uh, if you're mean to our staff, I I'm going to come see you and give you a hard time because I love our staff. And I love the fact that all of our staff, we gather together on Thursday mornings and we gather together to pray. And I think that some of our staff would say that this year's been a year where they've really been stretched just personally. Um, we had some staff that said, I don't pray out loud. And now they pray out loud. That's awesome. But one of the things that I love is that they, they have vision. That they, they're unafraid to bring an idea. And Mandy Reese, who's with us today, our ministry office assistant, um, had heard of something that a church in Champaign did and thought it could really be impacting in our community. And so in the month of August, we rolled out this idea of I Heart DeWitt County. And we sold the T-shirts, and many of you have those T-shirts and we tried to serve our community, and I sat back and I was almost brought to tears of joy seeing the stories that so many of you shared about how can I serve my community? How can I serve my neighbor? How can I make a difference in the name of Jesus Christ? And that's not just going to be a one-time deal. That's not just going to be August 2016. You're going to hear this idea of I heart DeWitt County repeatedly and consistently and I want to take it to a whole new level but I want to say thank you to Mandy for having the vision and sharing that vision okay that's 2016 let's talk 2017 I'm not going to go in depth but I'm going to give you a year of sermon planning what it's going to look like in 2017 we're going to start off in the first couple months we're going to be talking about ourselves what is our mission what are our core values? Our elders and our ministry staff have been working since last March on mission and core values. And we have 10 core values that we're, uh, we're rolling out. And uh, we're hoping that these will excite uh, on the church level and even the community level. And we're going to look at a different core value every week. That's going to take us through the month of March. And we're going to see what, what should drive the First Christian Church of Clinton. We're going to jump back into the book of Acts. 
And we're going to pick it up in chapter 15, and we're going to spend another eight weeks in the book of Acts looking at the missionary journeys, the second missionary journey and the third missionary journey, and how the gospel starts to spread literally all over the world. Um, I have never preached through the fruit of the Spirit, which is um, embarrassing for me to say. And if you don't know the fruit of the Spirit, it's in Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. But we're going to take nine weeks this summer, and we're going to look at the fruit of the Spirit. And, and, and do we embody the fruit of the Spirit in our lives? Do, do you embody the fruit of the Spirit when you go to work, when you go to school, when you're in the neighborhood, when you're hanging out on New Year's Eve? Is the fruit of the Spirit rolling through your life. We're going to partner for the third consecutive year with 20 plus churches in the Decatur area. We don't know yet what that series is going to be. The only thing we know is we are actually going to write the sermons this time. We're going to write the curriculum this time. It's going to be a joint effort by several of the Christian churches in our area. The month of October is going to bring a look at Jonah. We're going to spend four weeks in the book of Jonah. November is going to bring a look at stewardship. And then how many of you love the movie a Christmas Story. Does anybody love that movie? It's like my favorite movie. I guess maybe this wasn't such a great idea after all. But we're going to look at A Christmas Story at Clinton FCC. And five different scenes from A Christmas Story, spiritual application. So it looks like I have some work to do. You'll be excited about it, I promise. Okay, so five challenges for 2017. Number one, and most importantly, an increased emphasis and involvement in regular Bible reading, memorization, and Bible study. Psalm 119.11. Anyone have that memorized? Psalm 119.11 says, Your word I've hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you, or I might not sin against God, is what some translations say. And I'm so thankful for my home church, I'm so thankful for um, grade school Bible school teachers like Joanne Phillips, uh, when I was a, you know, a pain in the rear fourth grader, that drove home Bible verses like that, that helped me understand how important it is to, to know God's word, to be in God's word, to memorize God's word. So what's that look like? Every month, I am going to throw out a Bible reading challenge. And starting next Sunday, January 8th, the challenge for the month of January is going to be the Gospel of Luke. And it's going to be easy. It's going to be one chapter a day. And if you show up next Sunday, you're going to have it. And if you don't show up next Sunday, we're going to make it available online or in the office. And we're going to challenge you to read a chapter a day. I'm going to share daily reflections on the one chapter in the Gospel of Luke. February is going to bring another challenge. We're going to look at the book, I think, of Romans, and I'm going off memory here, Romans, Ephesians, and 1 Thessalonians, I think. But there, there's going to be daily reading. There's going to be a grace day or two built in. But here's my vision that all of us are in God's word every day. I was really close to rolling out 90 days through the Bible. And in consulting with several, uh, they just said that is such a radical challenge that it really is too much at this point for some. Everybody can read a chapter a day. And so that's going to be our challenge. What about Bible memorization? How many of you think you have five verses memorized in the Bible? Anybody five? Anybody? Okay. I'm going to invite you to join me in a weekly Bible memory class. And you're going to learn two Bible verses, single verses a week. 
And we're going to do it for a quarter. We're going to do it for 13 weeks. And we're going to see where it goes. And I'd love to do it for the entire year. And uh, that, that will start in early March following my trip to India. And I would lo- I'd love to have 25 people gathering together to memorize God's word together. Um, you're going to see this hashtag. And I know for some of us, we have no idea what hashtags are. I really don't know what they are. I just act like I do. And if that's you, just don't pay attention for the next 15 seconds. But for those of you that are hashtag savvy, we want you to tell the story of reading the Bible, to tell the story of memorizing the Bible. Places like Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and all the other stuff on social media using the hashtags. Number one, greater emphasis and involvement in the Word of God. Number two, greater impact in our community. Greater impact in our community. Um, I really believe, I'm not a mystic, and I, and I don't pretend that I am, but I really believe that God has laid on my heart um, the need for this church to be more engaged and more involved in DeWitt County. And I love our worldwide missions. I'm going to India. I love our national missions. I love our local missions. I want this to be the year where we really go to a whole new level serving our community. And that can get messy. And that can get uncomfortable. And I'm going to invite you to get messy with me and to get uncomfortable with me. And I don't know exactly what that's going to look like. But I know that we're going to use this hashtag, I Heart DeWitt County, because we need to love our community. We need to love everyone in our community. Uh, this morning is a bad example, but on, on most Sunday mornings, on Sunday morning, it's estimated that maybe 30% of our county goes to church. That's just not enough, quite frankly. That's just not enough. And so we're going to put on our creative thinking caps and see how can we greater serve our community? How can we bring greater love to our community? How can we help more and more people come to know Jesus Christ in our community? Number three, much better assimilation and involvement. I was um, shared in, in the last five or six days, three different ministry friends, including someone from our staff, sent me a Carrie Newhoff article and the, the title of the article is 10 Reasons People, Even Committed Christians, Are in Church, Much Less. And it was a pretty discouraging read because I think it fits our community and I think it fits our church well. And so um, I don't want to be the spiritual policeman. I'm not going to be the spiritual policeman. But we're going to really challenge our church as a whole to make that commitment to be in worship every Sunday. And I know there's vacations, and I know there's exceptions, and I know you wake up and you're sick, but just building it in. You know, Hebrews, the book of Hebrews tells us, don't get in the habit of forsaking gathering together in fellowship. It's really easy to get out of the habit. And, and so that, that's part of it, but more than that is going to the next level, going beyond Sunday morning worship saying, I want to be a part of a group that studies the word. I want to be a part of a ministry that serves together. I'm no longer comfortable just coming and being here for an hour and then heading home. And so the hashtag's probably not the perfect hashtag for this, every member ministry. 
But, but you're going to be challenged to, to go beyond maybe where you typically have been in terms of involvement, in terms of assimilation. Our ministry staff and Mandy traveled to the Louisville, Kentucky area back in, um, I think it was August. Is that right? Was it August? And we spent time with six or seven other churches that fit our DNA. And here, here's the DNA that all these churches had in common. They were churches that averaged 500 or more on Sunday morning attendance, but they were located in communities of 10,000 or less. And that's a real rarity. You're not going to find very many churches that fit that DNA. And so we had churches from Kentucky and Indiana and Illinois, and it was a great time. We heard some incredible speakers, and we spent time in, in kind of the preachers met for a while, the youth ministers met for a while, the worship ministers met for a while, the administrative assistants met for a while. And as we were closing our time together, the, the, the preaching ministers were sitting around the conference table. My friend Randy Kirk's church hosted. And we went around and said, you know, what, what do you think your church does best? And there were different answers for every church. But then we said, okay, what's at the bottom of the barrel for you? What, what are you really struggling at? Every church there said assimilation was at the bottom of the barrel. We have far too many people that come to church and all they do is go to worship. They never go beyond that. So that's going to be a strategic priority for 2017. Much better assimilation and involvement. Number four, expanded opportunities for spiritual formation development. What is spiritual formation development? Well, for some of us, it means we're going to need to start praying every day. Because that's not a regular part of my life. For some of us, it, it can be in the, the, the realm of Bible study or Bible reading. For some of us, it, it involves practicing silence and solitude. I took two hours this week, and I went for a walk. And you can walk a long way in two hours, by the way, if you didn't know that. And I didn't bring headphones, and I didn't have music, and I was all alone. And I practiced silence and solitude with the Lord. Spent a lot of time praying. Spent a lot of time trying to clear my mind. Spent time seeking God's will for my life and for this church. And I can't remember the last time that I had that extended of a time where I was able to practice silence and solitude. I would love to see our church go to a whole new level. And I know for some of you, you're thinking, that is way out there. Two hours, are you kidding me? Maybe you start with 15 minutes. Just turn the TV off. Put the phone down. Put the newspaper down. Find a place, warm cup of coffee, ice cold beverage, whatever the season calls for, and just spend time focusing on silence, solitude, and God's will for your life. And then finally, number five, improved financial giving. I'd like to read a passage of scripture that's probably not brand new for many of us. Apostle Paul says this, remember, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you've decided to give in your heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. 2016 will be known for many things. I've shared many of the things that will be known for. It will go down as one of the weakest giving years in my 10 years 
at, at this church. And that's disappointing. And just frankly, that, that's not acceptable. I think it's explainable to an extent. I think anytime you get a $2 million gift and you're able to do crazy remodeling debt-free, um, the natural human reaction is there's not a need. I want to see Clinton FCC really bounce back in terms of financial giving. You're going to hear about the need to give. I believe, as Cody said in, in the offering meditation, it's a huge part of spiritual life development. Now, I realize right there for some people, that's a, that's a frustrating statement. Um, I don't want to hear the preacher talk about money. I don't want to hear the church talk about money. Financial stewardship is a staple of being a follower of Jesus Christ. And so I unashamedly let you know, 2017, we need to step up as a congregation. We need to have stronger financial giving as a congregation. And, and we can do it. I absolutely believe we can do it. So those are my five challenges for 2017. Bottom line is this. When a new year rolls around, the opportunity to renew your spiritual life is here. And my prayer for you today with this, I, I would call it a, a vision message, is that you will look at your life, you'll look at the life of your family, maybe you'll look at the life of your small group, maybe you'll look at the life of your Bible school class, maybe you'll look at the life of your neighbors and those that you're in community with, and you will find ways starting today that you can renew your spiritual life. That's my prayer. If anyone's in Christ, they're new. He's a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. Let's pray. God, thank you for today. And I thank you so much for the opportunity to gather together on this first day of 2017. God, we thank you for the hope we have in your son Jesus. And um, it's my prayer that 2017 will go down as a great year for Clinton First Christian Church. Not, not for our glory, for your glory. It's my prayer that um, we will truly be a people of, of the book, a people of the word. It's my prayer that we'll make a difference in our community. They'll know that we're Christians by the way we love. It's my prayer that assimilation and involvement will become a reality for folks that never has before. God, it's my prayer that the spiritual formation arena, so many are able to go to the next level. And God, it's my prayer that, that, that our giving will improve. Again, not for our glory, but for your glory. So ministries can expand, so missions can expand, so this community can feel the love of Jesus. Thank you for the hope that we have. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. We're going to sing one final song as you stand. Mark's behind me. Good. He's going to lead. I don't have to. Uh, if you have a decision to make for Jesus Christ, I invite you this morning to come forward. And if you would love someone to pray with you, um, I'm up front. Cody Monkman's in the back. We would love to have the opportunity to pray with you as we stand and sing the song, Take Time to Be Holy.
Again, thank you for joining us for worship today. Men, this Tuesday, 6 a.m., Cable Building, Adam Brucker's final reload with us. Sleep is overrated. Get up. Come on out. The coffee will be hot. The Belvedas will be fresh. It's going to be a great time this Tuesday morning. Now, I have had some people ask about the sweater. And if I lost my mind, do I realize Christmas is over? Um, you probably don't remember this, but the first Sunday of last year, I wore my Chicago Cubs Christmas sweater, and look what happened, right? Right? And so I'm hoping for 2017 to be a much better year for the Fighting Illini, although I'm not optimistic. In all seriousness, thank you for worshiping with us today. I pray that you have an awesome New Year's Day, whatever you are doing. Let's close our service with a word of prayer. God, thanks for today and the chance to gather and uh, to, to be in worship, and I thank you for... Uh, more than anything else, the hope that we have in your son, Jesus Christ. And may that just drive us in our lives as we strive to be salt, as we strive to be light, as, uh, as we're your church wherever we go, whatever we do. We love you. It's in your name we pray. Amen.